Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is going to be a real life stories edition with a guy named Jim Calvin. He's a children's ministry director uh, out of the Somo District in Springfield, Missouri with the Sons of God. We'll explain to you what that means in just a second. But before we dive into his story, we want to say thank you to all of you that listen to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. So like, share, subscribe, tell someone about the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We look forward to connecting with you guys throughout the week. So here we are. We love real life stories. We believe that they encourage you because they're just they're just real life stories of people who are trying to live for Jesus and live out God's will for their life. So today we are going to welcome to the Grace Point Daily Podcast, Jim Calvin. Jim, how you doing? Hey, doing great, Pastor Jeremiah. Thank you for joining us here on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. And we love, we're excited because we are baptizing you today into the podcast world. To my yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I've never been on a podcast before. And we love to do that here on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We love to give people the good old podcast baptism. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> All right, Jim, you are now, describe your title here today for those that are listening on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. You're a children's ministry director, Soma District. But what in the world is that? Well, uh, Christian education director is over uh, things like uh, small groups and Sunday schools, things like that. And also, what our main focus is children, children's ministry. Uh, we do uh, four camps every summer with about, uh, on average, around 2,000 campers and plus, uh, I'd say, six, 700 staff that come for those four weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's with the Symbols of God. That's with the Simmons of God out of Springfield, Missouri. That's where our district headquarters are out of uh, Springfield, as also our national headquarters are out of Springfield. So you are deep in the children's ministry game. I which am. We are going to talk about that a little bit more. But why don't you? Why don't we start off today talking about your story, who you are, how you came to know Christ? All right. Um, I was telling you before that it may take uh, all the whole thing for my story. <laughs> I'll try to. I'll try to be brief. I was um, born at a very young age, of course, and. Um, and uh, I grew up in the church, grew up in a church, a little small church in Illinois, Southern Illinois. And uh, my mother was a Christian. My father was not a Christian. My mother played the piano at the church, and so we went all the time. And uh, so got a, she is responsible for my spiritual heritage, and uh, so raised me in church. And then I, uh, when I graduated high school, went to Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and graduated from there in the early 80s and uh, started out in actually in youth ministry. And uh, did a, had a great time there with youth ministry. After a period of time, there was an opening in our uh, church at Sykeston. was on staff at Sykeston, Assembly God, First Assembly of God in Sykeston. And uh, there was an opening in our children's department. Our children's leader had stepped aside. And so my wife and I uh, stepped into that role as children's leaders. And we had somebody else step into the role of children's, our youth pastors and found that that was a wonderful place. It was a good fit for us. We loved it. Loved being able to talk to kids uh, about uh, starting them out at, you know, five, six, and seven instead of getting them at 12 and 13 and 14. So went from there. And then um, um, after that, for, after a period of about uh, 12, 13 years, they're on staff there at Sykeston. Uh, my wife and I uh, went on the road full-time as children's evangelists, and we traveled from the late 80s to the mid-90s, and we were uh, full-time children's evangelists. Going, we went coast to coast and uh, north to south and um, did lots of camps and lots of kids' crusades all across. And I was Jungle Jim. My wife was Tropical Teresa. And uh, we traveled for uh, nine years. 
And uh, she uh, were, were you a pro wrestler as well, or no? That not was, a pro oh, that was wrestler. Definitely not a pro wrestler. Okay. Yeah. And I will say that my jungle clothes will not fit anymore. Yeah, yeah, they won't fit. And uh, she, uh, somewhere along the line, about 2003, she developed breast cancer, and she fought a hard fight, and um, had lots of people praying. It wasn't uh, the Lord's will, and so she went to be with the Lord, and then. Um, so my ministry kind of changed. I after that a period of a period of time remarried to a lady by the name of Pam, and she has been wonderful as well. And uh, so I uh, actually did uh, went back on staff at my home church at Sykeston as a part time youth pastor. They needed some stability, and so did I. And so I went back there for part time. And then after a period of uh, time there, we. Um, had an opportunity to go work at a juvenile teen challenge facility over near Patterson, Missouri. Did that for a couple of years. And then we ended up in Springfield. Um, both of us had go, gone to college in Springfield and ended up in Springfield about 2000 and uh, late 2010, early 2011. And then was offered the position as CE director for the Southern Missouri District, Simmons of God. And because we had done camps and we had worked at camps for a long time, many years. And offer that position. Been there since uh, two thousand April two thousand eleven, and just have a great ride. Yeah. Well. Well. Let's go back to the beginning. I uh, for I always find it very fascinating being someone that did not grow up in a Christian home, hearing the word of God. W- w- let's talk about a little bit about how you really came to know Jesus. Was it just natural? I give my wife a little bit of a hard time. She's one of those kind of folk that you know she just came out of the womb saved or something like that. But did you have a talk about that moment where Jesus really became real to you? Well, it's kind of interesting because when you grow up in the church, you hear it all the time, um, but you still you still have that um, that desire within you that you know that you need something more than just going to church. And so, at an early age, I remember when I was eight years old, we had a, actually had a kids' crusade at our church, and um, and I remember them giving a, an uh, altar uh, uh, call or response time, and I asked the Lord to to come into my heart at at age eight or nine. I think I really, really committed myself totally, I think, when I was probably 15 or 16, during, actually during a Sunday school class, a teen Sunday school class, that the, the, the teacher actually was our mailman, and he was uh, our Sunday school teacher, and he um, got on the subject of salvation, and I just felt like I just needed to really commit everything to God. So I think I was probably saved at eight or nine, but I think I really uh, understood it fully and really wanted to uh, commit totally when I was probably 14 or 15 or 16. Yeah, and, and you're very active in the church, and did yeah, you grow up oh, that yeah. sense of like God has a plan for me? I'm going to do something for Jesus. Well, it's kind of funny because um, I was, uh, and and still I, I kind of covered up pretty good today. But when I was a kid, I was extremely introvert and scre- extremely shy, insecure, and no self esteem, and so I would have not ever done anything in public. And uh, I remember my when I felt like God called me to the ministry. I'm thinking, God, you know, I can't. I'm kind of afraid about talking in front of people. And I remember my very first uh, sermon that I preached to back then. It was we in the Simmons of God. We had the CAs, which were Christ Ambassadors, which was basically your youth group, but it went from 12 to 35. And so, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like Africa. Yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. they do in Africa. Right. Yes. So we were, I was in the, in the, in the youth group. And, uh, and so they asked me to speak uh, on us. We had church, a uh, youth group on a Sunday night uh, before the regular service. And I remember letting me speak, and I was probably, I don't know, maybe 15 or so, and I, of course, extremely shy. 
and they wanted me to to give my first sermon. And I thought I planned and I prayed and I prayed and I thought <laughs> this is going to go man long time. And I thought at least you know 20, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Well, I went about two and a half minutes and I was done. No, uh, you know, so, yeah, so I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. And then you know, just with the grace of God, you know, growing me and, and helping me, and and uh, still I, I covered up quite a bit. But uh, uh, God has uh, grown me as far as confidence and and uh, uh, what He's called me to do is give me the power to do. So you, you had a moment, a Moses moment, if you will. I don't know what to say. I'm not a good speaker. Absolutely. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you have a mentor that helped you out then? Um, actually, I I didn't really grow up. It was a small church, kind of a rural church. And um, I had several pastors. Um, some of them made more of an impact on me than others. But it, not, I didn't really have a mentor until... Uh, I kind of got this to uh, Central Bible College, and then I kind of, some of my professors I really looked up to, and then uh, I had some, I guess there were a few, that, like the mailman when our church was, it was our Sunday school teacher, he would have been a role model for me, and uh, but I just, it, it really expanded my, my view of Christianity when, once I got to Bible College and saw that um, there was a whole big world of, of Christianity out there that I didn't know even existed. So that was kind of cool for me to find out. Yeah. That calling of God that you had on your life, was it initially children's ministry? Was it kind of, I'll do whatever you want to do? All, all, in regards to saying that, I know when I got saved and you know, started going to Bible college, 97 to 01, you have kind of these eras where things are, uh, forgive my language, sexy, if you will. Like, yeah. oh, a, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to be a worship leader. Right. I'm going to be a youth. I'm going to be an event, a church planter. Yeah. You know, there's these ebbs and flows yeah. where if you got saved or entered into ministry in this season, like this was the cool thing to do. Well, and I was even before that cool <laughs> area like that. I wasn't even in that cool era at all. Uh, I was just in the old school era that when you got, uh, you were called into the ministry. You went to Bible college, and then after you graduated Bible college, you were a youth pastor for two years, and you stepped right into the senior okay. pastorate. That's the way it was. And then right. uh, I'm just so thankful that you know went to Bible college and spent my two years in youth ministry, and uh, you know I didn't feel like it was time for me to step into the senior pastorate, so kept on being in youth ministry, and then opened up for me to be in children's uh, ministry, and that was a, a, a great. Uh, transition for us. And then we went to children's evangelism, once again, another step in the process. And that was kind of cool to see where God had um, the transition from from one to the next and everywhere I went. And then to associate pastor and now to the district office and then working in the juvenile teen challenge center. So everywhere I've been, it's it's never been, God's never shown me this is what you're going to do. As a matter of fact, when I went to Bible college, I would have never, 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 never thought about children's ministry as a viable option for me. I was going mm-hmm. to be a youth pastor for a couple of years, be a lead pastor, and that was what you're going to do. And um, I've never been a lead pastor, and it's just been amazing that God has uh, a place for everybody and a niche for everybody. And I've, yeah. I've enjoyed, the, enjoyed the run being a youth pastor and get along well with teens and have a good time with them. And But it really enjoyed being uh, working with the kids and, and being able to mold them and shape them at an early age when they um, – are so ready to receive and mm-hmm. don't have all the hangups that maybe teenager already have already all the questions and doubts and kids don't have that. And they're ready to receive and tell them God, God loves you. Okay. So yeah. I think that's the way it's been cool for me. So I, I think that I didn't run the, the typical route of what all my friends did that are all now senior pastors. You yeah. know, I didn't run that route. So, <laughs> well, I do feel like that has changed a little bit in terms of the, the, the value of diversity in the kingdom Absolutely. in terms of positions, you know, it used to be limited, if you will, right? Yep. The youth pastor, oh, yeah. senior pastor, and yeah. y- you were just getting towards 
being a lead pastor or senior pastor, right. where now it's like, you know, there's real diversity. There's yes. different callings where you can be like, no, you can do children's ministry your whole life. Yeah. Uh, and that's a niche that God can put you in and excel in. And it's not sub ministry. It's not absolutely beneath ministry or those kind of things. I, I like, or I, I believe that we're getting to a better place in regards to that. I'd have, a, I had a few friends that uh, were able, would joke with me a little bit when I was in youth ministry, children's ministry. And they said, when are you going to get in real ministry? I'm like, yeah. well, I'm in real ministry. When are you going to come in real ministry? Yeah. yeah. So cause they were already lead pastors and they were already, they always wanted to tease me about that. But I think, and you know, it, it, it's, it's so neat that God can call you to a, a specific uh, area and uh, God can just use you. Um, you know, I just think about, you know, worship leader. Cause when I was a kid, you had song leaders, you didn't have worship leaders, you had song uh-huh. leaders. <laughs> and so I think that that's just really cool that God can use people with musical talent and, and our people that can get along well with kids or teens or whatever they can do and, um, work in all kinds of various ministries. So I think it's really neat. Yeah. Well, I know Pastor Justin has some really difficult questions for you. He's going to unload on you in just a second, but let's transition to talking about children's ministry. It's all important. Right. It's absolutely important. <laughs> I think that uh, um, when Jesus, you know, tried to uh, reason with the disciples when they were trying to keep the kids away from seeing Jesus and the parents were bringing the kids to Jesus, and they were trying to, Jesus didn't have time for this. Jesus had to kind of put the disciples in a place, no, the, the kids are about the kingdom of God. And uh, this is such as these, is the least of these. And so children's ministry is very vital, and, and every church should have children's ministry. If you don't, I think you're missing the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pastor Justin. Um, just a couple of questions I wanted to know is, so how long, I know you not to call you old, <laughs> yeah. but how long have you actually been doing children's ministry? Wow. Yeah. Well, I uh, when I first got out of Bible college, I was a youth pastor and also worked in a Christian school. So I worked with children and youth at that point, but I was a youth pastor. And then as youth pastor for about nine years, nine or ten years or so. And then I said, I said the opened up, uh, a position opened up in our children's ministry at our church. And so that would have probably been late 80s, mid 80s, that till the current that I've been working with children. And uh, it's just been a, a, an amazing, amazing time. And to just to see kids, um, the light bulb come on that God loves them, God able to use them and, and use their talents and to help them to uh, know that he's with them every day and so all those kind of things. It's re- been really cool to be able to pour into kids. So about about 30 to 40 I'd years. I'd say 30 plus years. <laughs> sure. 30 plus yeah, years. Yeah. You not say that I'm old or nothing. Because <laughs> yeah. I started children's ministry when I was eight or nine. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been quite a ride, quite a great ride. Um, why is it important to do children's ministry in the local church? Wow. Well, you know, we... we um, we want kids. Or the whole the whole point of children's ministry is is to is to understand that God can minister to them. So many times in so many churches, they don't think that they're real they're they're real I guess citizens if you will or part of the church. They think well when you get older you're going to serve God. Well they can serve God now, and they have the capabilities of serving God. They have the capabilities of knowing right from wrong. They have the capabilities of using their talents for the Lord. And so I think it's important. So I think churches that are not focusing on children's ministry are missing it because they think, well, you know, the kids are just, they're so cute, but they can, they do have the capacity of learning. They have the capacity of serving and leading. And if our schools uh, can, if they can learn uh, early facts about times tables and, and presidents of the United States and about biology and science, if they can learn those kind of things, then surely then they can learn the, the, the things of God too and be a, um, a big part in the kingdom. So children's ministry is, is vitally important. I don't see any church 
that is uh, growing that doesn't have a um, a viable children's ministry. I don't I don't think you can grow without having children's ministry in your church. I agree. Um, what is your greatest moment in doing children's ministry? One one moment that stands out in, over everything else. Wow, I don't know if I've got one moment. I just think that when we when I first started out as a children's evangelist, and I think of probably our very first camp. As a matter of fact, was uh, Southern Missouri District in nineteen. I think 96 was our very first camp and I was we did a, a western theme and but once again I was nicknamed Jungle Jim my wife was Tropical Trees so we had to kind of we had to change our theme up for the Wild West theme and I think I remember um man doing that camp and just having so much fun with the props and the characters and the and the memory verses and all the the puppets that we did and then at the end being able to give that altar call and to see those kids respond to that and to come and, and to recommit their lives or or maybe for the first time you know giving their heart to to, to christ or um maybe just feel like you know god's called me to something different i don't know what it is just as a kid when i i didn't know what god had called me to i just knew that god i'll go where you want me to go i don't know what that is but you're gonna have to lead me and direct me so to know that kids were able to respond to that to my ministry and and to my wife's ministry and to know that god was in, in uh involved in that was pretty amazing just to see that 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 god could use me in that capacity i guess i was very humbled um, to know that God could just use us in whatever cap- capacity that we're that we're uh, obedient in. Um, when people think of kids ministry, they think of a kids pastor, and he's back there teaching and doing the lesson and teaching the kids. But what is the role of the parents in children's ministry? Well, the parents are uh, a vital uh, role, and actually, if we want to go, if we want to be strictly biblical. Um, the, the the spiritual development of a child should belong to the parents. Um, the Bible talks over and over again when you have your children with you and when you teach your children these things. So really spiritual development, it should heavily weigh on the parents. We But we also know we live in a very real society and the fact that real world that uh, sometimes that doesn't happen. And so the church is very willing and um, necessary, I guess, to come and, and come alongside the parents and help them in the spiritual development of the kids. But so really it's a teamwork. And so we want to work with our parents uh, as a team to, um, to make our kids um, as aware and give them the ability and the opportunity to serve the Lord with all their heart uh, as a team because we're, we're, here, we're, here to help, we're, we're here to help the parents We've got them, what, one, one or two hours a week, maybe three hours a week if you have Wednesday night services, and parents have them all week long. So I think um, partnering with the parents is, is key in the fact that we don't mind, the church doesn't mind uh, taking a, a share of the load, but we want to also we want to try to equip our parents to make them better at um, uh, spiritual development. My dad wasn't a Christian. I would love for anything in the world for my dad to pray with me uh around the table or around an altar and he never did and so that would have been a a big thing for me so i think especially for dads i think dads have a big huge uh uh, opportunity especially if they're christians they may not have been a christian very long i think that um if they will ask the lord to help them they can be the spiritual leaders in their home which god has wants them to be and if they don't, you know, I'm the product of a faithful mother, and so those moms are in the those Christian moms are in the home are extremely important as well. Talk to me a second, Jim, of culture for just a second. Now I'm a sports guy. I do another podcast, talking sports, those kind of things. I played sports growing up, but a concern that I see in our culture today uh, would be 
all these kids sports uh, starting at such a young age, travel teams, uh, YMCA that I go to personally, uh, I see sports all the time and how it's consuming the life. I mean, parents are traveling here to another state on this weekend and they go from one sport to another. And a little, to me, it's a little bit concerning uh, because a lot of kids or I see some kids, they're growing up with God, but they're just not growing up with God as number one. I think that's, that's true, Pastor. I think that, um, and there's nothing wrong with those sports. I mean, it, it's it's an outlet. It's a great great way to learn leadership and teamwork and um, uh, success and failure, all those kind of things. I think those are all good qualities to learn for a kid. But I think you're right in the fact that if if they they're putting that as number one, I think, and probably my guess is that these dad, most of the probably dads are thinking that my kid's going to make it in the big leagues, going to be a major league baseball player or a NFL player or NBA player. So, I, you know, i got to, you know, invest. And, and if, if we're, I think if we're really um, honest with ourselves, you know, there's so few that have, of the thousands and thousands and thousands of kids that grow up in the sporting programs of how few actually make it to the pro leagues. I think that we're fooling ourselves a little bit. And I think sometimes I just need to be a little bit of on, uh, step back and be honest with ourselves. But the spiritual development should be, and, and, and I know for dads, I mean, they may know football. They may know basketball or baseball, and they may know because they played it. But they may not, they may have a hard time relating to their son or their daughters, for that matter, about about their relationship with Christ. And I think that would be a thing that, because it's, it's a scary thing for a man to, to delve into waters that he's not, that he's unfamiliar with and that he's uncomfortable with. And so I think that we, as we help our men, to find out where they are and just to, to kind of start where they are and start small and do baby steps in spiritual development. And maybe if it's just praying over a meal at the table, that gets them started. Mm-hmm. And then um, they can, you know, delve into further, or maybe reading some scriptures or praying with their kids, you know, at night, um, uh, developing a habit. So even if it's not, if it's not uh, finished and polished in the beginning, I think the more they work on it, I think that they are, their kids will come out better for it. And their kids will actually, when their uh, kids are adults, will appreciate that spiritual development that their dads have taken, especially dads and moms too. But parent, we got a lot of single moms out there that, that you know, don't have, there's no dads not in the picture. And so praise the Lord for those ladies that are serving, doing their best to raise their kids in church. And so I think spiritual development can come back to the parents, but I think it's a, a thing of, the parents have to be willing to kind of maybe um, reprioritize the kid's life and that, you know, sports are fun and we want you to do this. But sometimes it's, to me, in my opinion, I think it's more the parents that want them to succeed and then the kids, they're, the kids are not into it as much as the parents are and they want them to succeed. So, yeah. How do we talk to me a little bit, maybe how we reach foundationally, some things we can do, I guess, as a local church to reach kids. Uh, one era, I think we live in the era of the mega church now right. too, where we can, maybe if you're not like a big church, you might look at, you know, the mega church and they got all the bells and whistles and man, how do I reach kids in this culture today when maybe we're just a, uh, a standard medium small church and it doesn't feel like we're we're Disney World, Disneyland. We don't have those things to offer. Foundational things that we can do to start reaching out, connecting with kids in our community. Well, and I think, you know, God has given each church a, a special DNA in their community and praise the Lord for the large churches that are reaching lots of people and they have the finances and the resources and the people to do all those things, great things and they're fun and they, and they, they definitely have an impact. But as church as yours, that's here in Carthage that, you know, is reaching their community. I think it's about, you know, I think, I think churches really need to focus on relationships. 
you can do a lot of a lot of things but when you have even when you have outreaches in your community if your people or your um, or your kids are not making connections with new people then it's just an event and so i think relationships are so key in those areas that we can have a relationship with people that we don't know that we don't maybe not even agree with their theology or, or their lack of theology we can still have a relationship with them and then through a period of time that as we uh, just love them and love them into the kingdom as opposed to uh, scare them into the kingdom. I mean, we we know that the, the Bible talks about the good and the evil and the heaven and the hell. We all understand that. But mm-hmm. I believe that that um, that people would have a greater chance of, of um, staying uh, closer to the Lord if they just knew it, it, it was out of a love relationship instead of out of fear. So I think that relationships are important for any size church about making connections. And, and maybe you're not... Uh, you're, you never become the mega church, but you're doing what God calls you to do in your community, and you're reaching one family a year or a couple families. If every church in town reached one or two families a year, every church in town would, would begin to grow just because they're doing it a little bit at a time. And Jesus talked to the multitudes, but he also talked to those single people that that were uh, hurting and um, and broken. And Jesus took time to build relationships with those kind of people. So I think that's what the church needs to do. Yep. Um, one more thing for the parents and stuff. Do you have any resources that parents can go to? Well, and of course, um, that's a good pa- uh, question, Pastor Justin. As I was looking over the questions before, I was trying to think of specific ones that I could point people to. And I think that even with the with the um, with the uh, internet uh, being so uh, prevalent in our lives, I mean, it could be a, a huge tool for good. And and there's probably not a parent alive that doesn't know how to Google children's ministry and uh, you know children's resources. I think you know a couple that come to mind would be um, focus on the family uh, is good. Um, there's um, uh, there's other uh, there. I I think of uh, Dr. K- Kevin Lehman that's got a book out called Have a New Kid by Friday. And so there's just there's various resources out there, and I think that, um, but I think that connecting them to um, the local church and then them uh, getting resources while they're at home, good resources, positive resources that are uh, appropriate. And you've got to be careful. The internet's got a, a whole bunch of stuff, and I think you have maybe that's where you need um, pastors to maybe help you uh, filter some of that stuff that may or may not be um, where the direction you need to head. Maybe a little bit of, of false uh, stuff that's going on that it would not be um, in keeping with your church's uh, doctrine or philosophy. So I think that uh, connecting with your, your pastors to see what they think and get, get their idea, but there's all kinds of stuff online. Um, but I think that you can find lots of resources. The, the key is, is implementing those resources. So you can get, I actually get overwhelmed with resources and have too many resources because you haven't done the, the very first steps that, that you maybe need to do in, in um, promoting and, and, and working on that spiritual development of your children. Yeah. Um, one last thing, and then I'll be done, is can you give us one word that you would just describe or for the future what kids' ministry would be? Wow. Um, one word to describe what children's ministry would need to be, I would say, I can't use one word. <laughs> That's all right. You can use uh, one word. I would say, um, uh, engaging and exciting. Okay. Right. I was reading, uh, I, I, 
I'm trying to, I, lo- I was trying to find this on the computer quick, but the story in the old Testament where they lost the old covenant and then they, they, it resurfaces and they read it and then they're like, Oh, we, and then they, they where they had the portion where they had them all sit down and they read all of it over again. I was reading that portion today. I forget what passage, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But anyway, uh, just the simple reading of scripture, I find, you know, I'm a pastor uh, and I'm supposed to be spiritual. I'm supposed to be this spiritual man of God. But I tell you what, I'm a father of four and life is busy and those kind of things. And it's one of those simple things that every day that sometimes the hardest thing in the day can just be to sit down and re- read yeah. the Bible to my kids. Yeah. It really can be. If it's in the morning, uh, I'm waking up. Oh, I got a meeting to get to. I'll, I'll get to that later. Uh, I'll get to that tonight. Then I get home at night. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I got to get to bed. I, you need to get to bed. Oh, uh, we'll do it later. You know. And so we can even something as simple that I was thinking this morning about how important it is just to read the word to our children. And, and I have a little very simple for my five-year-old boys. I have a simple one-year Bible reading book for them. So it's no more than one page, but I sit down and read that with them, make sure that we've read it, make sure that we've said a prayer together, make sure that we've just communicated and tried to do something spiritual connection with God each and every day. And I find that to be very important because, you know, there was a point where God's people, they, they didn't even have the word anymore. And right. they're like, oh, once they did read the word, they realized what they were supposed to do right and what they were doing right and what they were doing wrong. They were doing more than wrong than right. But it's amazing how that simple directive of God's word can really help us. And so we got to get the word inside of us first, but obviously for our children as well. And Pastor, I think that's a great point that you're making because um, the word of God is being attacked on all fronts everywhere. And I think that we have to re, um, um, re I guess, um, uh, reintroduce the word of God to our children again to let them know that this is God's word and this is true and this is the way that he wants us to live and we can find the answers to uh, life's problems and everything that we face in God's words and I think it's it's important as you as you share that you find time even if it's just a couple minutes at night when you're putting them in bed as you as you read a couple scriptures and maybe uh, talk about that I think you know, of course with kids you can't you can't read a whole chapter at a time and let them, they're not going to absorb that. So I think focusing on smaller passages of scripture at a time, that also, that also would not, uh, that would also be, a, I guess, a time saver for you. And then you could focus on those scriptures and then have a word of prayer over them before they go to sleep or when they get up in the morning or whenever um, we try, you know, um, I got my grandson with me just for a little bit. And so we tried to, to sit down at family times and talk about different things like that. So I think that we have to, you have to find times to do that uh, as parents and everybody's busy. And so you just have to find the time and you're going to, if you have to say, okay, we're going to uh, miss five minutes of the news and we're going to just do this and, and, you know, maybe during the weather, cause they're never right anyway. It doesn't really matter what the weather says. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so then you could just take that five minutes and that, you know, we're going to sit around and we're going to read this sort of scripture, talk about it, have a word of prayer. I think that, that you start wherever you can and you try to work from there and try to, um, uh, let them be more engaged and let them know that the Bible is true and the Bible, it is God's word because they're being, um, they're being bombarded on every, um, every front that it's, it's, that it's not true and it's a myth and it's just an old book and it doesn't really apply for today. And I think we need to let them know that it's alive and it, it is relevant for today. Yeah. I, I, I'm in a funky place in life in that I have five-year-old boys, but I have high school girls, mm-hmm. but I'm in the spot where my high school girls are now nearing college and making some of those decisions and having to prepare for that. And that kind of freaks you out as a dad. Cause you're like, Whoa, now I'm old and Whoa, I'm 
they're going to be gone in a year or two. Like this, this kid is not going to be in my home anymore. And it, it brings you, it scares you because you're like, what did I put into that kid the last 17 years? What did I put in that kid the last 18 years? Are they going to serve the Lord? Did I put good values, good care? Did I model character and integrity before them that would cause them to want to live for Jesus the rest of their life? And so I can't emphasize enough to parents uh, that Jesus to myself, right. that Jesus should be the most important thing in my life, in my family, my marriage, my children. That's what matters. You know, it's it's a verse that's been spoken or maybe you've heard it before. But, you know, what good is it if we gain the whole world yet forfeit our soul? Right. What good is it if we spend time raising children of excellence or good education, but they're so distant from God and have no desire or relationship with him anymore. And I'm sure you've seen that now as you've lived throughout the years, you see a lot of these kids that maybe they had God, but again, they never encountered him. They never knew him. They never, uh, and it's a scary thing. Um, yeah, pastor, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that, uh, you know, um, if I could just speak to dads a little bit and then I'll speak to the single moms, dads, you have a responsibility to your kids and it may be scary, maybe new waters for you, but if you'll ask the Lord, the Lord will help you and he'll help you be a better dad and help you be a more spiritual of a spiritual leader in your home. You may have to turn off that, you know, that, uh, sports talk for five minutes off ESPN, just turn off the radio and talk to your kids about God a little bit. And I said, you, it may be brand new water for you, but the Lord will give you strength and power in that. And you can be the kind of dad that God wants you to be. And you single moms out there, thank God for you. I'm, I'm a product of a single mom. I mean, of a, of a faithful mother. And, um, so you keep on doing the things you're supposed to be doing and God will bless you as well. So, you know, I think that it's just important that we look at it. This is a, uh, the, when we talk about the, the things of God and the, and the word of God, this is eternal. Everything else is going to, everything else is going to uh, be gone. I mean, they may play, even if they go to pro sports, they're going to be done with pro sports in their forties and then they got the rest of their life. So, but this, you're talking eternity here that when we talk about the things of God and the word of God. So we want to invest in our kids. This is an investment. It's not an expense. It's an investment. So that may mean we have to turn some TV uh, channels off or some uh, new sports off or something and, and just spend some time with our kids. And we have to, if we have to do it while we're driving to driving into school or driving into to ball practice, we do it on the way over and the way back. You know, we talk about some of the things of God. And I think that, that uh, will help your kids um, value the things of God and the important things that are in life and um, give them, a, a, I guess, a good spiritual balance. Yeah, and I just bring that up because as one who didn't grow up in a Christian home, I remember getting saved my senior year of high school wow. and being so you know on fire for God and serious and I'm going after what God had called me to do and then going to Bible college and meeting a plethora, just this load of kids that grew up in Pentecostals yeah. and grew up in Christianity, but we're really didn't want anything to do with God. No. And it confused no. me. Right. Well, I think that that's important. I think what you talk about is the fact that so many kids, you know, see mom and dad one way at church and they go home and mom and dad's a little bit different at home. And I think that that's where we all need to examine ourselves as far as when we go home, what you talked about, what kind of character am I displaying in front of my kids? So that happens at a restaurant that happens at the, on the ball field. You know, if you're, you know, calling yourself a great Christian, you get on the ball field and you're in with the umpire all the time. You know, I don't know if that's a godly way to do that. I mean, we always want to stand up for what's right. But, you know, is it really going to matter in five years if, if your kid was out or if he was safe? So I think you have to look at things like that. 
and promote character. And that's just a, a process that we're all in. Yeah. Awesome. Jim, for those of you that are listening and say, man, this guy's awesome. I love hearing what he's saying. You got some social media people can follow you on or that you want to hype real quick to Instagram, well, Facebook, Twitter, any of those I've things? Got a, um, we've got a, a children's ministry Facebook page, but it is a, I'm sorry, it's a closed group, but we've got, uh, um, I work at the office. I don't have a uh, Instagram or a Twitter. I think the got too, a little bit too much gray hair to understand really <laughs> all that. I was born in the wrong generation. <laughs> so anyway, but um, you know, I, I know that there. I would just say that there's there's people out there that can that can help you, and you've got a good church here that uh, just to have this podcast, you know, for their community and, and for uh, Pastor's been telling me they're around the world. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So. Um, but uh, of course, I got email that you can you reach me if you need it through the district and that kind of thing. And um, so, just uh, Pastor, just appreciate you allowing me to come here today. And and uh, it's been an amazing time. And uh, I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's a cool way to uh, to minister to people that you may not know or may never even meet. And I yeah. think that's a good way for this <laughs> word, word and love of God. That's awesome, Jim Calvin. You shared your story. Talk to us about children's ministry. So now we're all excited. Everyone who's listening is going to totally get on the bandwagon, hop on children's ministry. That's right. That's children's ministry is the way to way to be. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Again, like, share, subscribe. We'll talk to you guys next time.